And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of the We Are Me podcast. It's Mickey Brennan and Davey Rispin here as always and uh, on this episode, similar to the last number of weeks Davey, uh, we are delighted to be able to say that we have another club joining us today and uh, it's Lauren Gorman from the Kilmes and Camogie. We spoke about your fundraiser last week Lauren and uh, I suppose uh, you know it's it's something that all the clubs are, are seem to be getting involved with at the moment because I suppose when, when when you can't get involved together on the field and uh, within the within the confines of a football field or a hurling field or whatever it is, uh, you have to try and reinvent and do something to try and incorporate the whole community and get everybody involved in something. Yeah, we were trying to be as creative as possible. Um, realistically, it was try keep everything involved but keep everyone apart as well. So getting the social distancing in we have a lot of families involved so we went by kind of areas these groups around our seniors grouped them into areas so it was grand we had a lot of banter going around all the teams between our adults players themselves uh, I can't get my words at all <laughs> <laughs> sorry that happens to me um, and Davey on a weekly basis so it does <laughs> oh I'm awful for speaking. I can't do it. Well, could, but, it, could, it, could it be anything to do with the fact that you are celebrating the fact that uh, your your fundraiser, you have made it the whole way around the world within the 18 days and you decided that it was time to have a glass of something and because it was sunny outside, you decided to have a glass of rosé before we even did the podcast. Yeah, it could have a bit of an effect now, not going to lie. But no, it's great because just the involvement around the village it was a good buzz all week, like this week especially, because we asked people to get flags and bunting out to be as into it as possible. And it was just really good to see everyone having a purpose for getting outside. I know exercise at the minute, it's under scrutiny about gyms being closed and everyone anxious for them getting reopened. But the good weather for the last 18 days, we've been blessed that it hasn't really rained any of the days that we all kept being able to get outside. And it was just kind of, the Strava group as well, it kept you going because you're like, oh, they were out today, I better go out again. And it was kind of competitive that way too, to make sure yeah. you were clocking in your kilometres. But we also had like people getting involved from abroad. So I know one of past players were getting involved. There was Laura Irwin from Edinburgh cycled 400 kilometres. Yeah. Uh, we had Pamela O'Brien who was in Boston. She had her family all out. So, and she has family still here. So she challenged her nephew to space hop around our new walking track at the pitch. So she got her mm. restaurant to donate towards that as a challenge. 
and then we just had like the girls that went to Australia they were doing their bits like 5k's on the beach and that kind of stuff so it was just getting everyone involved that has connections to the club because it's just good to be in touch with people and checking in considering everything that's going on I, it was funny, I, I was looking through your social media and I was just looking at the amount of people that have got involved from the likes of Boston and, as you said, Edinburgh and I think Galway as well. And like the whole idea of it was that you were going to, that people were to, you know, do whatever amount of kilometres it was, walking, cycling, running, whatever it was, they would let the club know and news would add them up and news were going to use use the graphic where you were showing how far everybody's uh uh, completed kilometers together, uh, the, the added up was 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 uh, was going around the world. And I think yesterday you were in New York, and today you finished. Uh, you completed the circle the whole way around the world. Yeah. So between the twenty-four hour challenge, we started yesterday. So it started yesterday at noon and finished today at noon. So that was all between our adult players that they got involved. We we're doing like an hour each between like three of us. Um, like three each hour so it was between about 60 different girls because we have three adult teams which is amazing numbers but yeah it was trying to get everyone involved then as well um and did the men help out at all did the Kilmessen uh, hurlers get involved at all yeah a good few of them did I know Joey and Shane are did their challenge last year so we were kind of using that as an idea going it was a great uh, community field the time they did their four by 48 uh, yeah the same challenge that Dunbarra is doing actually this week yes they did that last year during the lockdown and it was just a really good community spirit so we like we could do something piggyback off that kind of idea so we went with the around the world challenge to try reinvent the whole thing and as you said yeah we took in kilometers from either Strava if you have Fitbit or pedometers or whatever we were taking steps and converting them to kilometers we had a google form up and go and you could text a whatsapp number we just were taking it from everybody and everybody that can get involved. Lauren, who who was the one who created all of this? Like, as in, you know, it's a huge job, obviously, to try and keep track of who's doing what and, you know, where you are along the whole journey and that. Was there a couple of you, you know, involved in that side of things, I suppose, as well? Yeah, there was a group of about, what, there might be 10 of us in, like, a fundraising committee, I'd say. Um, it was mainly our chairperson and Brita Callagher actually was another woman who got involved only this year in committee and she took it on pretty much most of it. She did all the graphics for us online and um, she was pretty good at collecting everything there. So I must actually ask her what her job is because she seems to have a dab hand at marketing. <laughs> <laughs> and and 13,000 raised so far. I think that when I just checked it about an hour ago, that's what it was. Um, like an incredible and a staggering amount of money, obviously, which... Mm. You know, the vast majority of it is is going towards the club, but I think 10% is going to a charity as well, which is great. Yeah, so because obviously as a club, everyone's struggling in the last 12 months to try fundraise as normal, but as well as that, we're like, charities are bad off as well. So we were thinking as a woman, women's club, we'd support women in the county. So we decided on Needs Women's Refuge just for the incredible work that they're doing and with the high levels of domestic violence recently and all kind of domestic issues, whether it be just financial, food, nutrition, anything that we can support them in, it'd be great. So we decided originally on 10%, but see on how funds go, it might increase. We don't know. We'll decide that. We have a committee meeting this week. 
we'll decide on a final number and then have that sent to them as soon as we can. And I suppose that... Sorry, 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 no, just I just wanted to an absolutely fantastic and worthy charity. Um, you know, it's it's when you when when you look at the country as a whole, there's eleven counties, I think it is, that don't have a have a refuge, a women's refuge, um, which is an absolute disgrace. Um, but fair play to you because Meads Meads Women's Refuge is on the go a long time now. And yeah. um are, that that's a brilliant, a really worthy cause and, and worthy charity. Well done. But as you say, with counties not having it, when they are there, we want to support them so they can keep going. Yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. Lauren, the only downside is probably um, you aren't going to be able to celebrate in the Palace tonight, as, as would be the, the norm. <laughs> the norm the, of a bank holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you'd be no strangers, no more so than myself and, and a few others no. in the Palace on, on the Easter Sunday. But uh, I suppose you'll be celebrating remotely. Yeah, we were on our Snapchat group there earlier. We were all sending in clips or whatever. But yeah, that's, I think, what was the main killer. We were kind of hoping that we might get a small group, even if it was over to the walking track for the last hour of the 24-hour challenge. But as restrictions went, it didn't go that way. That's why we kind of held off until the Easter weekend. We had been planning this from back in the start of February. And then we decided to kick it all off on Paddy's Day. So... Yeah, it's a bit of a pity, but we're just looking forward to getting back training now and hopefully celebrating come September or October. And is there anything in particular that the money may go to New Jersey's, anything like that? Uh, no, we haven't decided yet. Um, there might be underage jerseys and stuff that need to get got, but Camogie fees is the big one. Um, because membership hasn't come in yet, we haven't gone back training, so we haven't really been asking for that. So it's to get yeah. registration put through and get the insurance all paid all that stuff that some people don't even realize has to be paid from a club point of view like I didn't realize how much goes out until I became treasurer and treasurer now three years maybe so that's why I was kind of put in charge of the GoFundMe page and they were like okay you can just deal with all that (laughs) money the money is just resting in your account absolutely yeah Blast me I didn't say that no (laughs) (laughs) no um yeah, but it's really good. Like with my work, I was quite involved with cash flows, but as a naive 19, 20 year old, and they were like, go on, you'll do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Davey mentioned already that you have raised 13,000 euro, but the GoFundMe page is staying open for another number of days for anybody who wants to uh, donate. They can go to any of the Kilmes and Camogie social media pages and you'll find the link there to the GoFundMe page. And you do you have a target uh, that you would like to meet or is it just, you know, you're, you're delighted so far anyway? When we were setting it up, we originally set the target as €20,000, but that was mainly with the thinking of if we got 50 cents for every kilometre we travelled, that's 20 grand yeah. because we had to travel 40 kilometres. It was just to pick a number. We're delighted with the 13,000 that's in already. Um, so we just, it's thankful for everyone that has donated because it is a really tough time and people don't realise, as I said, the money that's needed to keep a club going. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, there's a lot of construction now at the minute as well. Yeah, I saw that. I was just going to say, I've driven past uh, Camogie there, or, uh, sorry, Kilmesson a couple of times, and there's a lot of construction and stuff going on. What is happening? The car park has completely changed because we've re-leveled our pitch. So we've actually moved it down. We didn't have a pitch all of last year. Okay. So we were playing 
a lot of our games between Dunsany and Screen and we had like a makeshift pitch made up for training, kindly donated by one of the local landowners in Comesson. But um, yeah, it was great because you're just looking out at it now, there's a walking track around it. So we're getting to see how good it looks. And now eventually when we do get to go back, like if COVID wasn't here, we could be back on it already, but it nearly looks better now because it's had so much time to get the sod right. And it yeah. looks just really, it looks good. Lauren, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you recently lost your, uh, your crown a couple of years ago, the longstanding senior camogie crown you've regained it obviously last year the the challenge is obviously going to be to try and retain it again this year it's um it's no mean feat though obviously Nafina are a very competitive side and, and aren't going to go away for the next while anyway no and to be honest we're grateful to have someone pushing us because people would argue that we were in comfort zone and used to it like we've heard that so many times that people are like oh there's cocky they're so used to it they don't know how to lose all these kind of things but we've grown up at underage levels losing the whole way up it was only when we got to senior levels that we started winning like my first championship would have been minor like I didn't win like for my own age group we didn't win a medal until we got to that minor stage so I suppose that's resonated with us a lot and the younger girls the likes of Maeve Lally and below they have lost to Nafina every single year in a final at underage it was only and then they lost their first senior final. That was the year that Nafina bet us. <laughs> so it was just a really good thing. I didn't actually get to go to the final last year because of restrictions and stuff. And I was actually working the day of. But I was watching it online. I managed to make sure it was my lunch hour. And I remember just sitting in the canteen and I was crying and looking at the stream. And I was like, oh, my God, what I give to be there right now. With the way things have gone over the last year, with restrictions and everything, um, you know, you're doing this fundraiser, but once we get back on the field and whatever, it won't be long before the new championship or new league starts. And, you know, like, is it going to be easy to get the hunger back for these girls having come back from losing the final the year beforehand? Winning it last year, is the hunger going to be again there this year? Yeah, I think so, because we're lucky enough that we have a really competitive in-house team. Like, we have three adult teams and... This year was the first year that everyone in the Camogie, the whole regrading structure was changed. So it's gone similar to the Hurling now where you have to only name your top 12 players. Yeah. And everyone else, unless objected, is automatically regraded, which is great. Like that happened throughout the county. So that gives other teams a chance as well. So it works in the favour of teams that have second and third teams. But previous to that, you would have had to send in letters. And I remember one year I didn't get regraded and it was scrutinised because oh, well, no, she played senior. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't constantly play senior. I won't get enough game time. I was studying my leaving cert at the time and I didn't know what way work was going to be. I work weekends, like I do kind of shift work that I wouldn't get to games or training. So I couldn't solidify my place on that team. Yeah. But I, I wasn't given the regrade. And that's hard to take. So it's a great change to have in place now at structures at our county board level. And for someone like you, like... We'll, we'll say if there's someone in your situation it gives them a chance to play because with your situation between work leaving sort of everything that was going on mm-hmm. it meant that when you weren't regraded if you weren't playing senior you weren't playing camogie and that was just it no the main games I got that year was like in-house challenge games or away challenge games yeah. and league like it wasn't even that I was first or second sub on it was more so like the year before I had been gone on I went on as a sub for someone that was injured 
and played maybe 20 minutes of senior championship and then the following year I wasn't given the regrade. So yeah. it works to detrimental that way, but it's a great change and welcome change that's been passed. So that's actually at national level, that rule that you have to apply individually. It was me that put in a bylaw to put in this new structure. So we're hoping right. that it might catch on for other counties because I know it struggles throughout. Yeah, yeah, and it gives everybody a chance to play their camogie and to get out and, uh, yeah. and play the game that they love. Well, uh, as we said, you know, you can go to an absolutely brilliant fundraiser by yourselves around the world in 18 days. You have raised over 13,000 so far. Um, it is mm-hmm. for the Kilmessen Camogie and the Mead Women's Refuge, an unbelievable uh, charity there to uh, give some money to. Um, it is the, the GoFundMe link is on all of Kilmessen Camogie's social media pages. You can go to Twitter, you can go to Facebook. I presume you've got an Instagram. Instagram as well, yeah. Yeah, that's probably where all where all the cool kids are these days. So um, that's probably the easiest one for everybody to get it. Lauren, thanks a million for coming on. And look, we wish you the very best of luck in the 2021 season. Thanks a for having me. Cheers, Lauren. And enjoy the rosé. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Davey, you didn't have any rosé there, so you didn't, but you had a glass of Coke. No Malibu, though. No, the Malibu's on ice, Mickey. We're uh, we're holding off until later on this evening. So um no, looking forward to that. But uh, you know, great, great fundraiser, you know, and they've done a they've done a smashing job at raising the amount of money they have. And obviously the the, the easy thing is nearly raising the money. The hardest thing can actually be getting out to do it. And I know Drumbarrow were busy this weekend as well, doing the four by four by forty-eight, which was concluding this evening too. So um you know, great credit to both of those clubs and obviously two great charities as well that they're going to. Um, so, yeah, no, top marks. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Dave, before we go on to our usual lotto and Instagram segments, and um, just a bit of news, obviously. Don't know if anybody heard about this. During the week, uh, I think it was me being on the first because everybody thought that it was a, a bit of a, an April Fool's Day uh, gag. Uh, the dubs were caught training. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, The funniest thing about it for me, Davey, is that like, you know, uh, it was so uh, undercover. It was like half six, seven o'clock in the morning. And if you're going to do it, like just go out and do it at a normal time, five, six, seven o'clock in the evening. Go out and kick your ball and whatever, and people mightn't pass any remarks of it. Mm. The fact that they were down on the football field so early in the morning, you know, <laughs> ten guys, it just, it just, it just made it look even worse that they were trying to hide it. But by trying to hide it, they actually made it stick out like a sore thumb. Well, that's it, and they had a fella guarding the gate as well, you know. So for anybody who's driving or walking past, they're going to be like, "What the fuck is going on in there?" You know, but um. In 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 a sense, I get yeah, like crazy. But also, I think it was fierce amateurish from Dublin of all teams. Do you know what I mean? Like if it was, I won't say if it was Mead, but if it was the likes of a Carlo or, or a club team, 
you know, doing it, you'd be like, right, I can sort of understand it. But Dublin, who are the the poster boys of the GA, really, um, to be caught out so amateur amateurishly with you know cones and and poles and everything laid out and and actively a coach there who was taking the session it wasn't it wasn't just a kick around you know what i mean there's a difference between five or six lads going out and kicking a ball over and back to each other that's harmless to me i still think the whole thing is quite harmless but yeah but the, the five or six lads going out and kicking a ball to each other is not organized by an association do you know what i mean like whereas their training as you said was a guard of the some sort of a bouncer at the at the gates of the field. There was a trainer there. There was cones. There was there was so it was organised by the association by the Dublin GEA, which just like is just so wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like whatever about like you know it's not that bad really, but the fact that the the GEA went against all like government rules and uh, restrictions and just said, oh, do you know what? We're Dublin. We can fucking do it if we want. Yeah. And, and then they go and ban Desi Farrell for 12 weeks themselves, like as well, which is kind of as if, oh, look at lads, we'll actually, we'll deal with it. You know, we, we'll ban the manager, even though we knew nothing about it. <laughs> you know, we <laughs> obviously knew everything about it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what way the GA cracks down on that. I was reading a few quotes from the GA president over the weekend as well. And, you know, he was saying he doesn't, um, he hopes that this won't affect the return date of, of April 17th for inter-county players, but he thinks another breach of it would definitely uh, hinder it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what way the GA cracked down on it um, in, in the meantime. Yeah, and uh, like, uh, and, well, what, it'll be interesting to see what the GA do to Dublin as well themselves. I know you said Dublin GA dealt with it themselves, mm. but I thought that Tom O'Connor, in fairness to the guy, came up with probably one of the best solutions to it and kicked them out of the All Ireland Championship. But it's the only way that they will learn from the errors of their ways. Oh yeah, absolutely. Let them play the league. <laughs> and I, I actually no, seen an... actually, actually, did you be kicked out of the league as well? And whoever was relegated bottom of the division from last year should be allowed back into the division. Mickey, uh, I don't know. Did I send you the Hitler video? You've probably seen it. Yes. Yeah, it's it, it's class. And you know, saying that we're going to have to put out a full team in the O'Byrne Cup now and try and ring, win that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's just. It, it's just not great. And it's the fact that it's Dublin as well. Like I, I do get it. It was front page news on April 1st. And had that been another county, yeah, it probably wouldn't have been front page news. And it but it is the fact that it's the all powering dubs that were caught and you know everything that goes along with it. That's that's the big uh, thing there, I think. Yeah, and, and the fact, as you said, the poster boys, these guys who do nothing wrong exactly over yeah. the last number of years. You know, we don't have to go into the details of what Dermot Connolly did, but like he was just put away off the field, put away from the team. Didn't do anything wrong, but he was dropped from the team. Whereas the dogs in the street know exactly what that story is. Now I'm not going to go into it here. I'm not going to, you know, because it's, it's not worth it. So like it's this, they always get away with things. You know that. That's my point. Is that yeah. they they seem to be always and and they're 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 holier than thou and they're. You know what doesn't smell and and whatever like and it was just this was just ridiculous and it was just two fingers to everybody so it was that's what the problem was I know people are complaining saying oh god it's only a few lads training in the field did you not see what was happening up in the south side of Dublin where there was thousands of people gathered in the park now again those thousands of people gathered in the park that was not organised by an organisation that is 
more powerful or nearly as powerful as our government. Do you know that kind of way? Um, uh, so it's just the aesthetics of it were terrible. Um, you mentioned something there as well, the, that inter-county training will start back at 17th or 19th of, uh, yeah. of the month, which is absolutely brilliant as well. So I would be looking at maybe three, four weeks after that, we might get games. What do you think? David? Yep. Yeah, I would imagine. So I would say the league would take, uh, take centre stage then probably around the second or third week in May. Um, because it's sufficient time for the guys to, I suppose, get themselves up to, to fitness. And uh, Andy Mack, I, I actually heard an interview with it as well during the week. And, you know, he was saying that, you know, it's all right, guys doing their own stuff and that, but they need to be training collectively for a few weeks. And then obviously the match fitness, which, you know, yourself, Mickey, is a completely different thing to actual fitness. So, uh, yeah, I'd imagine the GL probably look to press ahead as quickly as possible because whatever league, and we, we did know already that the league was going to be split into two. Essentially, each division was going to be done in a regional sort of format. It remains to be seen if that will stay the case. And, and they might play three or four games then into finals, possibly before a short run into the to the All-Ireland Championship kicking off. Again, we're not sure what sort of format that will take. You know, will provincial systems be scrapped? Um, might it go into a straight knockout? We, we don't know at this stage. We're only speculating, but it's great to see, I suppose, light at the end of the tunnel for both inter-county, but also for the club players out there. Yeah, um, we're guessing that around the same time as the inter-county kicks off, that the club players will be allowed to start training again. But the underage uh, are allowed to go back in pods of, I think, uh, 12 or 15 from the 26th, which is the week after the Intercounty, which is absolutely brilliant as well, that we can get all our underage footballers back out in the field. Now, I think that goes up as far as under 16, doesn't it? There's no mention of minor and under 21 just yet. Yeah, which is very disappointing, you know, and, and those guys are are all doing their leave inserts and that as well. And obviously, just with our mead tinted glasses on, we're, we have a Leinster final to play at some stage as well against Offaly. So it'd be nice for those lads to get a bit of communication on when they can expect to go back because they have enough things on their plate and it can't be an easy time for them as it is. So it'd just be nice if they could get a little bit of communication as well and uh, get that sorted. Yeah, it really would. And uh, uh, like, as you said, I, I, what I don't understand is why inter-county minor and under-20 are not allowed to go back on the 19th? That just, just doesn't make any sense, Davey, does it? No, it doesn't, because effectively they're the same thing, but yet they're just not... You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind even if this is, actually, no, lads, you know, you're not going to be doing that until after the leaving, sir. Just, just say that, if that's going to be the case. But these lads are probably in limbo and they've enough worries on their plate as it is without, you know, not knowing what, what's going to happen with their own. So I just I just hope that that will come out and, and they'll get a little bit of clarity on it in the next week or two because I think it's important. Yeah. Okay, well, Davey, we'll move on to our lotto segment. Have the lads, the PROs, been in contact with you? They have, they have indeed, uh, and the Chocolate and Royal Gales, which is often our first one, Mickey. Um, they still had no uh, jackpot winner after 13,000 won from last Monday night. They're getting a great run at uh, it. Um, yeah, but they did have eight match three winners who only got 25 quid each. So, you know, the, it's it's definitely uh, getting really, really close. Their next jackpot takes place on Tuesday, the 6th of April, which is Tuesday coming at 8.30 live on Facebook. 13,000 jackpot, 9,200 euro of a reserve built up. You can play that one on Club Force. Manalvi GFC, 
capped at 10,000. Uh, the reserve increases to 4,600 this Monday night. And you can play that one at Manalvi GFC or on the Club Force app. Minolte GFC, they're still going strong as well. Their draw takes place tonight, which is on Easter Sunday night at 9 p.m. 15,000. They had two match trees last weekend. Um, next one is Kuraha, who have finally launched their new website. Um, Alan O'Connor was in touch to to say that and it looks great Mickey and it also coincides with the restart of their lotto which takes place tomorrow night bank holiday Monday um, after a year of a, of a pause of their lotto so okay. um, you know give that one a, a bit of support if you can or if you're in the area or you know just just give them a bit of a dig out because it, it can be hard to try and kickstart things again you know after such a long break but it's a jackpot of 1,800 and uh, Alan just says, we'll be hoping this one's not one for a while. <laughs> so <laughs> best of luck to all the lads there in, in Curaha. Um, yeah. no, no offense to Curaha. Um, we, we are, we will be supporting your, um, your, your lotto, but we're hoping we don't win it too soon either because we prefer to win it in about a year's time. If it hasn't been one. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, another one, which is one of the lowest, but uh, starting to build up gradually is Castletown GFC. Um, their results from April 1st, they had no winner of the €1,100 jackpot. They have five lucky dip winners who all collected 30 quid each. And this week's jackpot rolls on to 1200 and takes place Tuesday night at 9pm. And you can play that one on the Smart Lotto. From Condra GFC, uh, €8,100 of the jackpot takes place every Tuesday night and it can be played online via all their social media links on their homepages. Um, Gail Colum Kill, Alan Tormey is just trying to get me to click into his website because uh, he mustn't be, he's just got too lazy to actually just send me it. So I have to click in and see the result. But it is nice when you do click in. Um, there was no winner of their 12,000 euro jackpot. So it rolls on to stay at 12,000 for this um, Thursday night. You can play that one on Gail Colum Kill GF, sorry, Gail Colum Kill.ie. Um, Quarter GFC, my own €5,400 this Friday night uh, at 10pm live on Facebook and you can play that one at quartergaa.com. Kilmainham GFC, €5,100 takes place every Monday night and you can play that one on Club Force. Oldcastle GFC, 11500 and rising uh, next Wednesday night and you can play that one on Club Force. And the final one on my list is from Ballinabracky and they had no winner of... Or 4,300 or 4,200 euro jackpot. Sorry, Mick, and um, which means it rolls on to 4,300 euro this week. Um, and they have a bonus ball of 1,500 as well. It takes place Monday night at 9 p.m. Very good. And the two that I have, the usual central stones there is 9,300 wasn't won last week, and the draw taking place on Monday, the 5th of April. You can go on to uh, any of their social medias and get the link. I think they're on Smart Lotto. And then the other one that I have comes in from the old, our old friend Jelly. Send me in uh, every week for the Simonston one. No jackpot winner last week. There was no tr- match three uh, winner even. And the lucky dips went to Pat O'Reilly, Connor Brady and Peggy Kerr. The club's online lotto will move up a gear this weekend when they add 500 uh, to the current jackpot. So this, uh, so those entering Friday night's draw will be playing for an enhanced five thousand five hundred euro prize each week. After that, they will, if the jackpot is not won, the club will be committed to adding fifty euro each week um, until the jackpot reaches a maximum of seven thousand five hundred. So next uh, next week's jato, lotto jackpot will be five thousand five hundred and fifty. So good to see that they are going to be 
unfreezing it from the 5,000 because I, I, I just felt that maybe they weren't going to get any new people buying any lotto uh, tickets if, if it was frozen at the 5,000, just the usual uh, club members buying the lotto tickets there. So, um, yeah, good to see that one moving on. Davey, before we go on to Instagram Interactive, um, Cortown in the news again. Uh, your trolley dash went viral. It's gone all over the world. <laughs> this was remarkable, Mickey. And you know you know yourself, I'm employed in the digital marketing sector and the, the video was put up on Paddy's day. So we did the trolley dash on Paddy's morning, you know, and put it up and it did grand. You know, it, it you know got the usual reach from the people that like the club and all of that. So that was fine. Two weeks later there, about middle of the week, I'd say Tuesday or Wednesday, I started getting notifications on my phone on Facebook from people starting to comment and like and share our trolley dash. But there weren't people from even the club, the county, even Ireland. They were like all over the world. And the first thing I thought is, oh, shit, I'm after starting a paid campaign because I've done a couple of campaigns before through Corton for like the prediction forecast and stuff. So it's like bollocks. So I clicked into it to see where you can, you know, see if you're doing a campaign. And there was nothing. So I couldn't get my head around it. And it just snowballed. It just started taken off and it's like it's still going we've uh, i've never seen nothing like this so we've reached two million people already <laughs> and it's still going we've had 1.2 million three second views so basically what that means is for a view to count you have to watch yeah. at least three seconds of the video so yeah. we've 1.2 million of them we've 122,000 engagements there's uh, is, it on, is it a youtube clip no, it's we just uploaded it directly to Facebook. Um, oh, I, I know, I know. If it was a YouTube clip and you had one point two million people looking at that, you'd be getting paid for it. So you would. Cortown, yeah. uh, Cortown would be the Chelsea of of mead football then. But I tell you what, it has done, and uh, Colin Muelo will be able to relate to this. He does a great thing every three or four months where he shows the social media following of each of the clubs, you know, and uh, we've gained approximately just under 2,000 new followers to the page in the last week. Wow. So we're up at nearly 4,300 followers now, which I think takes us to third in the county behind Dunham or Ashburn and Kilmaine and Wood. Not that I'm looking or counting or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that'll be the next target for us. But that's what we were saying. We were joking. We'll be the most culturally diverse club in uh, in the world. <laughs> um, and and uh, exactly how many followers are you behind Kilmaine and Wood and Dunham or Ashburn? You that's, not, you that's not counting. I think about, I think about 150 behind Kilmaine and Wood. We're a good thousand or thousand. 300 behind Ashburn we have a bit to go there but hopefully by this time next week Mickey we might be there we even got a player on our lotto the lad screenshot and sent it to me I can't I can't recall her name and I don't want to because it's it'd be a tough one to remember but she started playing our lotto there during it came in at four o'clock on Saturday morning <laughs> so uh, we've got a few lot of players out of it so also and, well, ends well. And, and did you find out where where she's playing from I think Colombia <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, <laughs> you got somebody playing your club lotto from Colombia. <laughs> yeah, and because they're all asking, like it's gas when you look through the comments, Mickey, and they're all like, "Oh, we don't have this in our country, and we'd love a supermarket that does this, and it's so cool and all this." And you look at where you click into their profile, and you see they're from Chile and Mexico and <laughs> um, China and all sorts. It's just Mongolia. It's mad. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Oh God, who, who, who ever thought that uh, Cortown would be global, a global uh, GEA club? Sorry, <laughs> one other thing as well, right, that I, I want to talk to you as well, and it, just coincidentally it happened last week as well. 
um, we got tagged in like this guy, he sells jerseys. He buys and sells GA jerseys and, you know, distributes them all over the yes, world. Did yes, 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 uh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, sure, oh. I sent it to you. And anyway, um, he tagged us in, our, in an old jersey of ours and noticed it straight away. No crest, no nothing, just Midland on the front, you know, the old Carton jersey. So I started DMing him, you know, and I said, uh, where did you get the jersey from? And he says, I, got, I bought it from a lad in Poland. And I says, what in the Lord? So I put it up into the WhatsApp, you know, and first of all, he wanted to know when the jersey was from. So that jersey was actually from the Junior A final of 1993 when Corton played St. Peter's Dumboyne. And there was a clash like there was in 2014 when we played them. So Corton needed a new jersey. So they got this jersey especially for that final. So I said, is there a number on it? And uh, he sent me a picture. Yeah, number 14. So we, we narrowed it down to two people. It was either Packy Henry or Martin Barry who wore the number 40 jersey that final. So I messaged Packy straight away and I says, you have a lot to answer for. And he says, he says, that was my first championship. He says, I'd never sell a jersey anyway. But he says, I definitely didn't. But I don't think the lads got to keep it. So anyway, Glenn Lockhart came in then. And he says that Tweet and Ivan Coyne and a few other lads went to Poland for a weekend away a couple of years ago. <laughs> and I won't say exactly what Lockie said, but he says, the boys might have had to make a quick escape. So that jersey could have been left someplace <laughs> in Poland. But anyway, it was bought from your man from a guy in France, right? So he bought it from a chap in Poland, sold it to a guy in France. And uh, I said, do you mind me asking why he, a, a random fella in France bought it and he just says fashion. <laughs> so. So, so, so Cortain of 96 is now the fashion of 21. 93, yeah. So nearly 30, 30 years on. Yeah. <laughs> that is class. Oh, we always did say that the boys of Cortain did. No, we they might be in fashion now. They'll be in fashion at some stage. <laughs> yeah, we were never we never were great at the old football, Mickey. But uh, <laughs> style icons, style exactly. icons. Exactly. Oh. I, I have one more thing before you move on, and it's from Waterstown GFC, and uh, they're actually doing a bit of a fundraiser on on themselves. And like Ruth Chambers was in touch, who's the new chairperson in Waterstown, and she was just saying like we're all you know trying like mad to come up with different fundraisers and all. This is a completely unique one as well. Um, it's win a four thousand euro holiday voucher. Um, it's done with uh, Travelu.ie, I think it yeah. is, is the name of them. Yeah, so, Travelu. Basically, tickets cost ten euro each. Or you can get six for fifty euro. The cutoff date is Sunday, June sixth at two p.m. The draw will take place at nine p.m. that same night. First prize is, of course, that four thousand euro holiday voucher. They have two great second and third prizes as well, though. 500 euro, sorry, two 500 euro holiday vouchers in second and third prize. You can play this at waterstown.com um, and it's in association with Nav and Travel. So an absolutely uh, brilliant and unique fundraiser there by the Waterstown Club, Mick. Yeah, absolutely. And and by God, could we all do it a holiday at the moment? Like, so I'd say yeah. that's a, I'd say that that is a fundraiser that's going to go well um, and uh, great. Great thinking and great initiative by, by Waterstown. You have something else, Davey? Yeah, and Colin O'Brien has left it very late, but he has come in. And I know they've been busy over in the COVID, the new COVID centre in Navinomani's Mickey. So we'll excuse him this week for this, but the lotto has literally just arrived on my phone. Ah, oh, that's uh, he's so highfalutin that he thinks that he can just arrive in at quarter to seven on an Easter Sunday and expect 
for his lotto uh, to be to be announced on the podcast. Go on, give Colin a whiz there and um, him and his highfalutin job. <laughs> yeah, he's making the most of it. Five thousand three hundred euro is their next draw taking place on April sixth, which is Tuesday night. And how much? How much is it? Five thousand three hundred euro. That's less than Simonson's mm. cat. It's amazing how the tables have turned, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The slagging he gave me a couple of weeks ago. He actually, all... he texted me and he said they must have been listening to the podcast and heard you making a bit of a dig at, uh, you know, at O'Mahony's or whatever. And then Simonson decided to raise theirs. So the, the ball <laughs> is very much in the court in Avon O'Mahony's now, Mickey. Well, I can guarantee you, I did not go out and say to Simonson, here's 500 euro. Just get it above O'Mahony's, will you, please? <laughs> Just get it above O'Mahony's. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but that yeah, that that is it. Uh, they had um two match three numbers last week, Brian Shields and Amy Jones, but no jackpot winner of their 5,150 euro jackpot last week. So it goes up 150 quid this week to 5,300 Tuesday at eight. Yeah, and we just let Colin know that if he doesn't have the text message in by half six next Sunday, we're not reading it out. And I'm actually be very disappointed then, so the will, and it'll be all his fault, and nobody will get him a Christmas card uh, when Christmas comes around because they he didn't put in the message for the lotto. That's why. Um, <laughs> so, so there you go, Colin. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn placing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automore. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automore from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin & Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Davey, we move on to our Instagram interactive. And uh, have you had much interaction this week from the lads? Not, not as much as we're used to, to be fair, Mickey. I'd say a lot of people have been out enjoying the sun, which is to be to be expected, you know, as well. Um, we'll come back to a very uh, weird one from Paddy Stapleton in, in a minute, which has literally just come in in the last few minutes as well, may I add. Yeah. But we, we'll start the ball rolling with Robert Perfield. And he said, loving the memory lane pods. Pull sickies from work for both the Carlo and Galway games <laughs> with the shh emoji. <laughs> yeah, no, look, it is. Uh, just as you mentioned that the Lion Royals last week, we had Mark O'Reilly, a brilliant, brilliant interview with Mark O'Reilly. We had the Minalvi 10 best since 2010. And then we had our match day memory lane. Um, and we had those three games. Uh, yeah, it's getting loads and loads of um, uh, uh, traction. Uh, people really are enjoying it and you know it's funny I I um didn't know what way to go and, and even when yeah. we did the podcast and we did our research on it and whatever I and, and we did them and I knew we had put in a lot of effort into it and whatever but I just didn't know what way they'd be received and they've been received brilliantly people are really loving it and funnily enough we're, we're taking a break from it this week but we will be doing it again next week yeah the, <laughs> the thing I love about it Mickey is and, and Rob's exactly right with what he said is everybody has their own different memories from certain games and like the games we're covering aren't exactly all Ireland finals you know in the, in the vast part of it but they're still games that everybody went to and you know us talking about the games the teams the, the venues, the day it was, it'll just strike a chord with people and they'll all have their different memories. And there's Rob. And I just said there were two glorious days. I remember the Carlo one 
um, in Tullamore was a lovely day and the one in Galway in Navan was fantastic, you know. So um, I can understand why you pulled the sickies after it as well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'd say you you probably didn't go back into school the following day after then. You probably, uh, if the truth be known. But uh, uh, yeah, go ahead, Eddie. Uh, Lauren Gorman, who we've obviously had on earlier on, um, just said, sorry, Jesus, not Kiltail, Kilmessen Camogie Club making it around the world. Yeah, absolutely. We spoke about that. Absolutely brilliant to, to do what they did in the 18 days and cover all that, that amount of kilometres. And to get people involved from all corners of the world was absolutely brilliant. You had Boston, you had Edinburgh, you had Galway, you had people from uh, uh, across Europe and Australia. She said the girls that are, are down there all getting involved, doing their kilometres, sending them in. And uh, yeah, really, really uh, interesting uh, fundraiser. And as we said, two early causes, the Kilmes and Camogues, and of course, Mead Women's Refuge. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Duffy's been in touch as well, and he just said Copperberg, dot, 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 dot. And this, uh, just to explain it, Mickey, is when I was putting up the, the Instagram questions yesterday. I was sitting out in the, the back garden with a lovely strawberry and lime Copperberg um, in the sun. So, yeah. I don't yeah. think Pete's old enough to drink, though, is he yet? He... No, I was just going to say, I hope he's he's making reference to the fact that you were drinking it, because if I hear if I hear that he was anywhere near a Copperberg, I'd be straight on to his father, Kevin, so I will, and there'll be, be hell to pay for. Tell him to drink a real drink, is it, presumably? <laughs> yeah, get straight on to the brandy. What, what the hell do you want that <laughs> Copperberg for? You know, um, George Plunkett, actually, just when you say Brandy, George, uh, obviously, Bridges Man and the barman in the Blackwater and Kells, his drink of choice, and if you think Malibu and milk was bad, George's is a triple Brandy and milk. That's yeah. George would be partial to. Yeah, yeah, brand, Brandy takes milk, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a real nice one, yeah. Is it? Yeah, 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 it's lovely, yeah, but it'll probably be too strong for you, Davey. Um, okay okay yeah yeah no no we'll we'll ease you we're, we're gonna we're gonna climb the ladder slowly with you Davey. you know we're gonna move you on to beer next <laughs> oh, that, that's gonna be a big step um <laughs> Anto ford is next up and uh he asked how does davy know so much about the, Swip, the smith women from manalby <laughs> well davy i don't know why you're looking at me to answer that question it was directed straight at you well, I thought I made it quite clear on the Loyal Royals podcast last week, Nikki, that uh, they have great core town connections, you know, all the Smiths, um, yeah, not just the yeah. women, but the, the lads as well, obviously. Yeah, and that's and that's purely how you know all the, the Smiths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know a lot of people in the county, Mickey, you know, so it's not unusual for that to, to be the case. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not unusual, yeah, yeah. Just break into a bit of Tom Jones there, Davey. Break into a bit of Tom Jones. <laughs> Now, Mark Cavan is next, and uh, he said, Davy Licking Flooring Porters win at Cheltenham. <laughs> you can answer that. I thought it was going to be Davy Licking Windows or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I was up with, uh, at Gavin Cromwell's uh, yard in Ballarat that, uh, over the weekend and uh, got to see the Cheltenham, winning floor, uh, Cheltenham winner, Flooring Porter. So um, I think that's what that's in reference to, I hope. <laughs> I see. Yeah, so nice to nice to you, see you, him. You you weren't licking floors. No, 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 not that I can recall. I've done it several Perfect. times, but no. Oh, okay, okay, not, not this recently. Week, not this week. Yeah. Um, the last one up is from that man uh, PS Tapes, and uh, he's literally coming. <laughs> this is just off the rails, but anyway, Mickey, you might know this. He said, "Did you know there's a limited supply of helium 
And once it's gone, it's gone for good. So enjoy your balloons while you have them. No way. No way. But how much? What? What? Like, what's limited? Do you know what I mean? Like, is there a? Well, like, we'll say, we'll say, the two percent of the Earth's or the, the the Earth's atmosphere is helium, and if you're using that helium up, helium up, but like, is it not just going back into the sky? Where, why is there a limit? Why, how do you use it up? Like, when it comes out of the balloon, does it not go back into the sky? Mm. I wonder. And, and is it going to go like oil that when it's running out and there's only a small quantity of it left, is the price of helium just going to skyrocket? The price of balloons, the price of birthday balloons is going to go through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine having to blow balloons now manually for the rest of your life. Uh, and then hold them up with strings or something because they won't stay up. No. That's, that's, that's mental. That really, that's, yeah. I'm going to have to look into that one. I, I, I don't understand the science of this. If the helium comes out of a balloon, it just goes back into the air. Where did they get helium from in the first place? Hmm. On that note, everybody, remember, we are Mead. Why? Well, it doesn't seem to matter as much as helium, but it matters more. <laughs> <laughs>